Working Artist Project is brought to you by Second Line Arts Collective. Learn how you can support at secondlinearts.org. We're creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time, captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Welcome back to The Working Artist Project. As usual, it's me, Darian Douglas, the best host. And here comes Gregory. Greg, you know I never lost, so that means you're the second best host, man. Thank you. Se- oh, wait, no, I, I got something for that. I got something for that. Go ahead. Go I, ahead. I second that. You can be the best host. That's fine. <laughs> but I'll say I'm the best co-host. <laughs> okay. All right. You're the best co-host. You're the best co-host, man. You're the best you co-host doing? I ever had. I'm good, man. I'm I'm very energetic tonight because you know why. My mama is my mama is still here and I ain't got no baby for Dude, seven days straight. I, I have I have two things we need to bring up before uh, before we bring our guest on this evening. But uh-huh. first of all, I know parenting is real because I went to drop my saxophone off at the repair guy's, my repair man's house, and he recently had a baby, or his wife had a baby about two months ago. And he, I've never seen anyone with a look in their eye like this gentleman did, except for you. <laughs> you, right. you've, you. You had that look on your eye for the last nine months. Oh man. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I get it. Having a baby is really, really tough. That shit is, it's hard, man. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Don't do it unless you really want it, man. I, you I know, saw a picture of myself from when she was like one month old. And I swear I was a complete zombie, dude. It's out. It's crazy. It's it's pretty it's pretty insane. So I I gotta you know commend all the parents out there that you know hey thanks to my parents thanks to Darian's parents you know like, hey. that was rough man y'all really can't believe you. <laughs> you really hey, you gotta re- hey man you know we'll, we'll talk about this later. But I was I was I was a handful as you can imagine. But I just also I want to say I want to apologize for being late tonight. You know tonight was my last last Monday at school. Oh, hey, and, congrats. Man, you remember being in school, Darian, how you'd be like so excited that school was over? Yeah. Let me tell you, <laughs> nobody is more excited than the teachers. <laughs> if you thought you were looking for summer break, let me tell you, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, congratulations, man. You made it another year and uh, we made it another year. And here we are at episode, I think 104. If my math is correct, it could be wrong, but I think that's where we are. And, uh, we do have some public service announcements like we do every week. Uh, I think the most important thing we need people to do, all the thousands of you who are, are listening to this, man, y'all need to go sign up for this newsletter because uh, every week, Greg and or I, we give you a $1 trillion and $3 idea of how to do something like, you know, I don't know. what do, I don't even remember what we said last week or the week before that, but it was great, whatever we said. It was, man, it was like talking about altered dominance on a seventh chord. That is not what we talk about, John. <laughs> I can guarantee you we're not going to ever talk about none of that kind of stuff. But go sign up for the newsletter at um, secondlinearts.org, and you'll see and hit that. Give us all your information. And uh, yeah, we have a summer camp, but it's, it's full, so we're not even going to talk about that. Better luck next year, y'all. But it's gonna be killing, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I actually signed yeah. up for a couple classes. I'm I'm really excited oh. about the music production class. Hey, yeah, me too. I saw I saw that that uh I saw Bria's uh commercial, and I was like, damn, I <laughs> I want to take her class too. Yeah, I'm but, gonna be uh, a killing band leader one day. 
You're right. <laughs> My apologies to the band. Speaking I've of killing past. band leaders, speaking <laughs> of killing band leaders, we have one here with us tonight, Martina De Silva, and uh, she is definitely phenomenal, bro. She, and, and this is the thing, she's a she's a rare breed because she's a true New Yorker. Can you believe that? I think so far, out of all the people we've had on the show, we maybe had three. Three she's a third true New Yorker, born and raised. What borough? Uh, I can't remember, but we're going to find out in just a second. Martina, you there? I'm here. Hey. Hi. What's going on? Welcome to the Working Artist Project. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. How are you Absolutely. doing tonight? I'm doing well. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful day here in Manhattan where I live and where I grew up. So hey. you're from Manhattan? I'm from Manhattan, downtown Manhattan. Wow. How old were you when you first got on the subway by yourself? Hmm. That's hard <laughs> to say. I know. So when I was 14, when I started high school, that's when I had to start taking the subway to school every day. So I was definitely taking it. Yeah. At age 14, but I started walking around by myself when I was 10. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> I think Morgan, Morgan, what's Morgan's last name? Stewart. Stewart, that's right. You know Morgan Stewart, Martina. You you I also don't. went to Laguardia, right, Martina? I went to Laguardia. Yeah. yeah. So, but you, I think you're maybe a couple of years. Morgan did okay. That's oh, I a, was oh nine. Ah, see, that's a real country question. Me and Greg country, so we know everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, so you, you had Jimmy. <laughs> you had more. So I know you had Michaela. Um, yeah. On yeah. the podcast, and then that's the other New Yorker. Yeah, know? Morgan, Morgan Stewart. Cool. Yeah, but she lives in New Orleans now, so. Oh, cool. But yeah. All right, let's get right into it. Tell You got to tell us everything about you. <laughs> like, I, I kind of want to, I want to know about your musical beginnings. And, and I kind of want to know, because you're, you're a Brazilian American, and I want to know like the influence that it's, it's had on your music. Sure. So I, I've been singing, you know, as long as I can remember. Uh, when I was younger, I, you know, I was into... I was really into the Beatles and, you know, bands like Cream and Blind Faith and folk music and uh, musical theater, because that's that's where I started performing, like doing the plays at school. And um, and then when I was 14, I started at LaGuardia High School, and that's where I was first exposed to classical music, which I fell in love with. So. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't really have a private teacher until college, but I got a lot of instruction there. We had three music classes a day. We learned to sing in Italian and German and French. And, um, so that had, yeah, that definitely has had a huge influence on my life. And then when I was a senior in high school, I started singing jazz and I haven't gone, gone back. Um, and <laughs> Yeah, as far as the Brazilian musical influence, I I started really singing Brazilian music when I got into jazz, and um, I was just trying to learn as much as I could, and I realized that that was a nice advantage, you know, being you know speaking Portuguese, and, right? Yeah, and uh, but yeah, I think oh, it's hard to say how it's how it's influenced me. I, I think as a, as a vocalist, uh, the phrasing of 
all Brazilian vocalists, which is very, you know, kind of floaty, rhythmic, but extremely floaty, uh, I think has had a huge influence on me. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you, do you think that's a result of like the language, like the way the Portuguese language flows is like, has a, a big impact on like, again, like the music itself, or do you feel like that's like a quality that also exists in jazz? Oh, I mean, I think, yeah, I think the language, like just the cadences that, you know, Brazilians use within one sentence, I think that has a lot to do with, I'm, I'm sure that has informed like the way songs have been written and the way they're sung. I think, I think um, like when you compare, so a singer that I've worked with a lot is Vanessa Perea. Uh, she's an yeah. incredible jazz singer. Uh, she's Cuban Colombian and we've sung, we've sung together a lot. Uh, I have this band, the ladybugs. So it's, you know, it's the two of us. And, um, and it's really interesting to see how our our uh, second languages has have informed our singing so much. And I think because Spanish is, is very, is very rhythmic kind of, I think uh, there's some harsher consonants in Spanish and the way Vanessa sings jazz is she's like such a pocket singer. Like she swings so hard. I'm less of a pocket singer and I'm, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I believe it's my theory that, um, you know, that speaking Brazilian Portuguese has influenced that. And I kind of veered away from your question a little bit. But, <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah. But you know, it's crazy because like Portuguese has got to be, I, I think it's my favorite language that I don't understand to listen <laughs> to music in. You know, it just has such yeah. a beautiful flow in. Absolutely. In, in, I think the way you described earlier was like perfectly on point and how is how I hear it, having no idea what's being said. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it is beautiful. <laughs> you know what I think it is, Martina? It's because there's so much rhythm. All like you know, uh, Brazilian music. It's just mostly drums. You know, and yeah. as, a, as a drummer, I think it wouldn't really make sense for the for the singer to come on top of that and also be like, you know, like super aggressive rhythmically. So it's like, oh, what's the opposite of that? Someone was like, oh, let's let's float on top of all of this fucking polyrhythm shit, and it's gonna be amazing. And every and, and also, I think Brazilians like. They love harder or something. It's like <laughs> it's some like it's some humans about it, you know, like that that's different culturally in Brazil. Yeah, I think it's I think there's like romance, and yeah, I I I totally agree with that. Um, I think it's part of the culture for sure. I mean, I know Darian, you were telling me you spent two weeks in São Paulo a few years ago yeah and did you find that just talking to people and they're walking um, around yeah it, it was very welcoming you know so yeah. so much so sometimes it's, it reminded me of being back home in the south where it's like you know everybody's your cousin you know <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah so say bro where you at what's yeah, up <laughs> exactly exactly which is like you know for me like my, my mother's here and we were walking down the street and some guys said hello to us this morning and she was like <gasps> Because <laughs> she's like, it's it's a whole week and no one said anything to her. I was like, you got to get used to that. Like up here, people yeah. don't really, you, you know, y'all New Yorkers are kind of, you, you stay in your own Cold. mode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that that clashes with your, your, your culture, though, your Brazilian culture. Yeah. Is that not true? Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. 
I, every time I take a trip there and I, I come back, I feel, I definitely feel rejuvenated and I feel like I have more love in my heart. It's always a rude awakening coming back to New York City. <laughs> yeah. 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 New York survived. Did you travel? Did you travel down there a lot as a kid or how was Yeah. That? Yeah. I, as a kid, I would go probably like every other summer. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love it down there. I'm, I'm a, I might move, Greg. Let's go, man. Pack your bags. So I, I'm curious to know about the, the story, like how you got, because <laughs> you, you played in a really famous band, Postmodern Jukebox. And mm-hmm. like, how does one become famous? I'm, I just want to know the cheat codes because you did it. Well, <laughs> I don't know that I am personally famous, <laughs> um, but yeah, that band is it's huge for those of you out there who don't know postmodern jukebox. Um, it's led by a pianist named Scott Bradley and they do, uh, jazzy covers of, uh, top 40 songs. And they'll often do a cover like, you know, right after like with a week, within a week after, you know, a hit song gets released and, uh, they do it all in one room, film it live, uh, release a single, on streaming platforms, you know, the same day. And uh, yeah, it's, it's gotten pretty huge. Uh, Scott started releasing weekly videos. I don't know when, probably like 2011 or something. And uh, yeah, there are just millions and millions of fans. So I had the opportunity to tour with them. I started working with them in 2018. Um, I, I did two tours and I did a video with them and uh I, I saw a lot behind the scenes and it definitely uh, changed my perspective on how I wanted to approach my career after. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, so how did, how did your perspective change? What, what was the idea going in and then how did you leave? Well, I think, first of all, going in, I was, I think I, I wasn't super enthusiastic about it because, you know, I think coming from classical and then being a jazz musician, I had this kind of elitist mindset and, mm. <laughs> and I, we've never dealt with any of that <laughs> for the record. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, I, and, and I, the first tour, I remember I would, didn't even know if I wanted to do it, but my husband was going to be on tour at the same time. He's like, just do it. We'll be at the same time. And I left so incredibly inspired. Um, so there, so when I, when I work with them, a tour has like five singers and then maybe a five piece band and you're on a tour bus. There's like another five people just in the team. So that was my first time doing a bus tour. And though not every, the band was all jazz musicians, not all the singer, a lot of the singers had like a pop background. There were some American Idol alumni and, but they were all uh, such incredible musicians and, um, and, you know, playing for thousands of people every night, singing songs that they love and realizing that, you know, when I sing like the white stripes, seven nation army, I, I sang that every night on full <laughs> tours. So I've probably sung it like 200 times. And, and when I would, you know, be a jazz musician and, and explore and alter the melody, I saw the audience react in, Hmm. 
in such an incredible way because they knew the reference point. They all right. knew the song and they could hear how I was changing it. And it was just really, it was really powerful. And it made me realize that um, providing access points are really, really important because, mm. oh, I'm hearing a weird echo of myself. Okay. Oh, okay. I'll keep going. <laughs> but yeah, providing access points are really important because jazz is incredible music. I It's very dear to me and it, it makes me sad that it is not appreciated by as many people as I think it should be. So it's sort of my mission to, you know, present a cupcake and have, you know, a little more nutrition inside. But, mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it, that's interesting because I'm just sitting, sitting here thinking like, you know, I think people, maybe they don't like jazz because they don't know, they don't have those access points. They're like, they don't know darn that dream, you know? but they know a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we're singing the wrong and we're playing the wrong music. Like maybe we should stop playing music from 200 years ago or really a hundred years ago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or, I, I mean, think that still play it, but play some recent stuff too, is what I mean. I mean, I think that's a part of it or I think play whatever you want and make it look sparkly. You know, mm. I'm, I'm a big, I, I'm I'm a big proponent of having really, really beautiful and contemporary visuals. Uh, I think sometimes, you know, we're so focused on the music and, you know, we're musicians first and that's really important. But, you know, a lot of people hear with their eyes and and I think it's yeah, I just think it's so important to have captivating visuals. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, when you were talking about access points too, I mean, I feel like that's, you know, from my understanding of the way things went down back in the day, like that's kind of why Miles and and all, a lot of people were going to the American Songbook and picking and choosing those tunes was, I mean, they were famous songs. You know, Coltrane recorded My Favorite Things specifically for that reason. Um but I totally agree with you, like with the the whole making things sparkly and shining and putting on a great presentation. That's like totally what I learned doing, you know, the tour with Buble is that people people do want to have great quality music. And on, on some level, it's, uh, it's our responsibility to put on a good show for them, too, you know, like. You know, we get a couple of lights, put a, you know, little a couple of flames, throwing up some confetti and, you know, sing, <laughs> take 25 courses of giant steps. You know, it'd be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time. No, I, but I think that's the thing. It's like you can take 25 courses of giant steps if it's pretty enough. You know? <laughs> or, but the presentation is so important and, and I, it's, you know, you can you have to create access points for people to fall in love with the music. And I, I do agree. It's part of our responsibility to do that. And, and I think sometimes you have these, like these artists like postmodern jukebox or Buble who create, like uh, serve as these like entry or gateway points into jazz. You know, you see a Buble concert and you're like, Oh, maybe I'll check out Ella Fitzgerald or something, you know? It, it's true. Yeah. And yeah, I totally agree. I think this is this is a great point for us to to let our audience kind of hear and, and, and have access to your music. And let's see how sparkly you made it. So let's check this one out. 
Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. You, you know, you remind me of myself, you know, when I be singing in the shower. I get my, do a little something like that, and then I, I sound good like you, you know Oh, the saying? raspiness? <laughs> yeah, that part, that part. Yeah, Dan, um, Dan Shimolinsky, who's playing bass, um, he calls it my distortion pedal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful, man. Um, wow, it's simply yeah. amazing. So that... I mean, that's not even, you know, that's an old song, but um, Dan and I, well, I'll start by saying we have this project called Shimmy Tina. Yeah. So we combined our two names. Uh, it's a goofy name, but we thought it was funny and we've, you know, we stuck with it. But uh, we, that was the second video we made back in 2017. And uh, the project has grown a lot. We've since made an album. We just recorded another record. But um, yeah, a consideration for both of us. I think we've stayed away from doing pop songs. Um, but, you know, we try to choose even jazz standards that have a more universal message. Mm -hmm. I, I just think about when I choose a song, it has to be like the words have to, they have to be honest. So, it, so I wouldn't sing a song that has words I would never say. Oh, I like that in, in yeah. real life when yeah. I'm speaking. So, mm. so I, yeah. I just want to, while we're here on the record, um, I want to give it a, a 10 stars because I listened to the record, this, this most recent, recent one with Dan front to back, Straight through, which is like, you know, <laughs> hey, people don't do that no more. I took a walk and right. I was like, Yo, this thing is just, this is jamming. This is crazy. Like, it's so good. And Greg, dig this. There's only two solos the whole record, man. <laughs> I think it's only two, right? And, That's and amazing. Yeah. And it's like, and it's so I think there's a, there's a little more than two because we have some, I mean, I'm, I, we, we have some like, you know, special guests on it. So they took solos. But yeah, I think Dan... I mean, he only, I think he took only one solo. Okay, see? <laughs> on his record. You know, right. It's, 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 Are we going to start a really petition for, for new jazz records to have no solos? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Hey, there you, you know? go. Sometimes you don't need it. And in, in, uh, Martina, y'all got to check it out. Check it out. Thanks so, so much yeah. for listening. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot. So, Martina, you were speaking on, um, like, just picking songs because the lyrics resonate with you. And I was wondering if you had a, a favorite standard or tune that you like to sing. Oh, that's so hard to choose. You, can, you can do so top three if that, that might be easier. <laughs> I mean, oh man, off the top of my head, I guess. And it changes, you know, it changes a lot. 
I think I'll say, I'll say songs that resonate with me right now or, or, you know, that like, so when Dan and I just made another record, we put, uh, lush life on there. Oh, wow. And that, not that I've been drinking like crazy this last year. I was like, damn. Oh no. No, I, I honestly, I honestly haven't, but it really, like that, that song, I don't sing it all the time because I'm not always in that state of mind. And I really resonated with that song this year. Um, uh, what else did we record? Um, well, okay. Here's a different, we didn't record this, but I can dream. Can't I, do you know this song? Mm -hmm. Oh man. I'm now I'm forgetting who wrote it, but, um, it hasn't been recorded a lot. The Andrews sisters recorded it, but, uh, and the lyrics are really beautiful. It's just about unrequited love, which I'm also not experiencing right now. I'm happily married. But, um, yeah, I, not every song I sing has to be 100% honest to me, but I, I have to, you know, it's like you're acting, you're putting on someone else's skin when you sing, or at least when I do. So I have to be able to identify with them. Well, I'm sure it's true. At some point in your life, you've had unrequited love. Exactly. You know, we're human. Exactly. You know. Exactly. So I, yeah, I definitely have experiences that I can draw from when I want to sing a song like that. Right. And yeah. uh, you know, I definitely know Greg between like you know 2006 and 2012. You know, I was pretty much a lush man. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I, I love that song, man. That's a beautiful song. Yeah. Yeah. So That's so you and Dan too. came together just just like on a whim because of friends to kind of make this 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 thing happen? Well, no, I mean, so first of all, I know Dan um just from the New York scene. And in December, okay, sorry, I was wrong. We recorded that song in 2018. In okay. December 2017, we spent three weeks um in China with Brian Carter at Jazz at Lincoln Center, Shanghai. Yep. And that's when we became friends, really. And that was a really fun trip. And uh, it was, we were there the three weeks um, up until Christmas. So we were doing a, a lot of Christmas music. So uh, yeah, so that first re record that we did was a Christmas album because uh, we had already worked on a lot of stuff. But um, yeah, we became friends then. And then when we both came back to New York, you know, I've always been really interested in making videos. Like to me, like that, I've, that's always how I've wanted to spend my time. And he was just down to do one. So we thought, <laughs> oh, this would be cute for Instagram bass and voice. Like, let's make a one minute recording. And um, the cool thing about it is that Dan is an incredible uh, like producer. So we were able to completely split the responsibilities in making that video. So I had the camera, I did the, you know, color correction, took care of the visuals, you know, curated the outfits <laughs> and uh, he mixed and mastered it. And it became really easy to keep putting videos together. So yeah. You, you have a series. What's it called again? Oh, okay. So something I've started doing, I don't actually have a name for this series, but I started this in January, uh, just a weekly video series at my apartment. And I invite, you know, I invite friends over and, uh, you know, I record it nicely 
I've since upgraded my camera. So it's, <laughs> it's a little more cinematic, you know, we've got camera moving around to different people and uh, yeah, I've been posting videos every week with friends. It's been fun. I've missed the past two weeks because I got a little burned out, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm making a new video tomorrow. So. Have you been editing and, and doing all the video stuff yourself? I do all the editing. And um, actually that has been my sort of side job slash main hustle this year, uh, video editing. Just started during the pandemic, but I'm technically a professional now. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's yeah. funny because I have so many questions. Actually, could we could we uh, pivot this to do a color correction tutorial? <laughs> 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 I can't even tell you how many times Darian and I have been on the phone trying to figure out how to use that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, well, I can... I can give you, I mean, <laughs> I can give you two tips when we get off the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of, I I didn't really like study it or learn how to do it properly. I just kind of mess around with levels until it looks good to me. So, yeah. so, so over this COVID year, you've been video editing. Yeah. So, and I've been doing, um, and, and, and filming too for, I've been doing these educational videos for different um, arts organizations. So it started out with the Louis Armstrong house museum. Um, my friend, Jake Goldblatt, ugh, Jake Goldbass, excellent drummer, amazing drummer. Uh, do you, yeah, I know, Darian, I, I, I know Jake. Yeah, know? absolutely. I don't know Jake now. Okay. Well, he's amazing. Um, and, um, he, I don't remember the exact title he has at the Louis Armstrong House Museum, but he was coordinating um, this educational program at the time. I was, he had 10 different teaching artists that he'd send to schools. Um, and it was like a 10 week program. So I was one of the artists and I only got to do one before COVID, you know, before, you know, the lockdown. And so he wanted to, keep the artists employed and also uh, still have content for all the students. So he had everyone film a lesson in their houses and he asked me to film one and also edit all the videos for all the artists, which he it was, it was awesome that he trusted me to do that. He, he just based that off of stuff that I've done for myself on my own YouTube channel. And um, yeah, it was fun. It was a, it was a challenge because a lot of people were filming on their phones. The lighting, you know, wasn't always great. So I, I added all these things to make it more engaging. Like I did a little animation at yeah. the beginning and yeah, you know, I end up being a little bit of an overachiever. So I went really crazy with all of the special effects. But yeah. yeah. So Jake, so that project ended and then uh, Jake and I, have gotten more projects together like through uh with the 92nd street y uh i i did this whole last year i i, I did videos for this company that works with them called dance education laboratory and then queen's college and yeah a lot of stuff yeah i, I would do I, I we didn't you know i have never told you this uh but I got a lot of my inspiration for videos that we've made for Second Line from watching your videos. And just, really? Yeah, absolutely. I, and I was like, man, these videos are beautiful, man. And so it's like, let me try to emulate some of these 
things because because they're 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 great and you did a you did a great job as a person who's over here making crazy videos all the time too. Uh, I, but <laughs> that, I, thank you so much. Yeah, it, it, I, you know one thing that I don't know if people are aware of though, as an artist, we have to create all of our own content, and so like the skill of video editing is 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 very valuable to us because that's one person you don't have to pay. Can you kind of talk about what that's like? being an artist and having to wear uh, 3,526 billion different hats. <laughs> sure. I'll give a little background on my history as a visual artist, which I now kind of consider myself as. Um, I grew up in a family of visual artists. So oh. In some ways, it was like my first artistic language. And I completely, you know, I used to paint and make collages and all this stuff. And I completely stopped when I went to college for music. Cause I thought I have to be serious musician. I can't be doing two things, nothing else. So I dropped that for a long time. And then over recent years, I started to embrace it as I've been doing video editing and realizing, you know, I realized that, you know, wearing colorful outfits and making everything colorful doesn't negate from my music musicality. It, it actually enhances it. So, um, so when it comes to making videos in my apartment, like the recent videos I've been doing on my YouTube channel, um, I, I just have friends over and I have a great camera that has like a touch screen autofocus. So that way I can hand it to a friend who is nice <laughs> enough to come over for a few slices of pizza and they can, you know, walk around and zoom in on different people. And, um, and then I edit them myself. So I, I, uh, do the color correction. I've been adding animated titles because, um, it's cute. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Does that answer your question? Well, I'm trying I to mean, get to like, what, what's it like to have to do those different things? You know, like you can't, oh, to, okay. you can't just like sing, you gotta like edit videos, you gotta, you, you say you curate people's wardrobe. You're a stylist too. You know, you, you have to do all yeah. this different. So it can be overwhelming. It's definitely a lot of work. Um, you know, there's filming the video only take, you know, takes a short amount of time learning a song and filming it. And then way more time gets spent putting all the pieces together at the end. But I have learned to just embrace it because uh it's another way of it because because it's world building right like I don't like to use the word brand because it feels kind of sterile but I'm I'm trying to create a full world that people can step into I don't I still don't think that really answers the well, question but it, it does yeah. I like I like the idea of world building and because because in this is it's more inviting I'm gonna steal that it's like world building. <laughs> yeah. Like as opposed to branding. Yeah. Like yeah. step into our world and, and, and join us. You know, it's like I like that. And and I think you're right. Like, you know, we we have to do all these things that might potentially burn us out quickly, like you said. But you you have to find some inspiration to say, okay, I gotta keep world building. I gotta keep my my juices flowing and keep inviting people in. Yeah. And then and when you look at it that way, it can be a really enjoyable process. Like a few years ago, you know, I've always up until the pandemic, you know, 
I've always been doing like five gigs a week all the time. And a few years ago, I just got sick of making a Facebook post. Like I'm playing here, I'm playing here. So I just stopped posting for a month and I ran into a friend at Smalls and he said, are you still playing music? (laughs) Are you still playing? And I was like, yeah, I just haven't felt like posting recently. And that's when I realized it's so important to participate in social media and to post all the time. But it's hard because, you know, we've all had to come to terms with like, how do I, how do I, uh, I guess I, I feel like Instagram, social media in general rewards unabashed vanity and it's hard to wrap your head around. So a lot of people just don't want to do it because it's, it feels weird to have to like show off and say, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But I realized what I can do is find a way to promote myself that feels authentic to me. So I, I started just making a fun collage when I had a gig and that way the visual was enticing and I didn't have to write a lot of text because I don't really like, I, I don't like writing text in any post. So I would just have a cool visual, like some weird collage with my face in it and say, I'm playing here at this time, link to tickets. So I began to really love making posts because it's a way, it's a way to show people another, uh, you know, another side of your creativity because, you know, I think being an artist is, is a full approach to life. It's not just the craft and, you know, you playing your instrument. It's, you know, it's everything. It's, it's the way you live your life, the way you decorate your house. And I obviously have, it's easier for me coming from a family of visual artists. Like it's, it's not scary for me, but I think, I think we can, it's something everyone can explore. And recently uh, a friend of mine, he reached out to me, he said, do you have any Like I need a poster made for this gig. Can you recommend like someone to design it? And I said, make it yourself. You don't need to pay anyone for it. Just make it yourself. And he's like, but like, I'm not a designer. I don't have these skills. And I said, find a poster that looks cool to you. I showed him an app that he could, you know, cut things out in. And and I'm like, just, just copy it. It's going to, it's going to look different anyway. (laughs) It's like, you know, transcribing as a musician, you know, you transcribe, but you know, when you play, you're not, you know, it's just, yeah. You're just learning. That's what I so. did as one of your videos. <laughs> <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. Oh, oh, for the video. Right. Yeah, I did. <laughs> sorry. Uh, video transcription. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. I love yeah, I love, oh, I love what you were saying earlier about, again, like, you know, I guess, I guess it's that inner struggle that a lot of us are facing as, as artists and especially artists who are looking to really like create art, you know, especially maybe coming from like a jazz or classical perspective, you know, a lot of times we want to be humble and we associate being flashy with like a negative thing, you know, and, and I, I really appreciate what you were saying about, again, finding a way to, to, to advertise, but in a way that's comfortable and honest with yourself. And, and I, I think that's an, an important thing to, to bring to the table as artist. And so I also was like classically trained and I'm, I'm curious, I, I don't know, I'm just thinking about this as you're talking, do you feel like part of like that, that, that resistance to putting ourselves out there is like coming from that 
maybe like classical training of being kind of rigid and like maybe we're told as kids like you got to be humble and maybe if you put yourself out there that's bad <laughs> or something like that you know yeah i mean i think there are i think that's definitely part of it and i think and i think the culture of classical music i think this applies to jazz too is um well especially classical it's like perfectionism and you know people everyone's striving for that and and people can be really judgmental of each other and jazz i feel i mean i have felt personally traumatized <laughs> by the way people talk about each other it's really it's really upset me and so i think that's that's one reason i think everyone's just worried about what everyone else is going to think um and i think another reason is that classical music and jazz music i mean they're mainly they're mainly funded by you know donors mm -hmm. so they they don't really have big audiences so it's like the fact that you know those jazz and classical are the two genres where you can be a full-time musician and not have any fans it's so strange <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange you know it's like oh god that it's is so because so true it's and it's it's really bizarre because and then it's like you can play at festivals you can play at jazz clubs it's like it's just it's just someone who's choosing you but you know a lot of people like a lot of jazz clubs like sure people come out to see the band but a lot of people come out for just a nice classy experience yeah they and they come out for the and, jazz not for you exactly and <laughs> Or to impress their date because they're they don't even like jazz, you know. So, so it's <laughs> so so there had you know there's not as much of a need for that mm. in 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 jazz and classical music, whereas like in pop, everyone is you know everyone depends on fans. It's like you can't quit your day job until you have enough of fans to live off of. So. Right. You know, I think, I think you brought up a good point and I really love that point because I think about that a lot. And, you know, to me, it's like, there's always social cues that we're dropping like to other things. It's like, you know, why, you know, if you have an Apple computer versus, or if you have an iPhone versus a droid, like that sends a social message. And so it's the same thing. Like if I got front row tickets to Beyonce that says, I'm telling the world something about me <laughs> just in the same way that like, yo, I got front row tickets to Smalls. That's like, telling the world something about me. Right. And, and so I think that, you know, ultimately as, as entertainers, we're like always trying to <laughs> make ourselves relevant in that way. Cause no one really cares about the music. Let's be real. Like the, <laughs> there's, we care about the music, but a lot of times the audience is there purely to, let's say peacock is the right word. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting, man. Cause you do have jazz fans and, and, and the people, people listen to this podcast, maybe um, some of y'all are jazz fans and we love you. And uh, yeah, I love you. Yeah. I, yeah. I am one of you. <laughs> keep, I love jazz, man. Keep being, keep being a fan. I think this is a great opportunity. I, Go ahead, Martina. Go ahead. And I'll, yeah. I just want to say, I, I don't mean to, um, I was being like, I don't want to dismiss the jazz lovers mm. of the world because um we're very grateful to you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I am. So I, I didn't mean to be so dismissive. I'm just, I'm just comparing 
the overall audience breakdown no. to that of other genres. Yeah. Yeah. And you you are telling the truth. So, but <laughs> it, it, we but we do love the jazz fans. All five of y'all. We love y'all. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just gonna say. I, I, I think this is a good time for us to kind of talk about the different ways we do monetize those five people. And and I think that, you know, one way that you are doing it, and I've seen other people, more sing vocalists, actually, they use Patreon. Um, and it seems to be very successful. And, and, I, and I think you are also um, going down that route, no? I am. Yeah. So I just made a Patreon page. I haven't done an official launch yet it's up i mean i have the links up on some videos so i do have some patrons through that but i will be um officially launching in two weeks hey. um, when i cool when i get the videos back up but if you want to join now that would be awesome but uh yeah i'm i patreon is yeah it's just it's just an incredible way to support artists you like and a lot of artists who you know you know, you can have a small but loyal fan base and uh, support yourself that way. So I am trying to go into that direction with my career with videos and not uh, rely as much on live performances. Yeah, I think the COVID-19 has made us all realize that live performances can go away. And then then what, <laughs> you know, for 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 us, you know. Yeah, and and then everyone realizes they didn't spend the time like building that fan base, and yeah, I it definitely hit a lot of people. Well, hopefully, we can all take those lessons and and move forward with them and and make things better for us and and you know the next the next group of jazz kittens. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, they already seem like they're. I think, they yeah, they're good. <laughs> they know I, need to, I need to hit them up and ask them how to use YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Martina, we, we're coming to the end here. And uh, before we leave, I absolutely want to give you an opportunity to tell the people uh, what your YouTube channel is and all the other places they can link with you, where they can buy your merch and become your Patreon, Patron, Patron, yeah. <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> I know the name is... <laughs> Yeah, it's easy to confuse. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, well, I'll start with Instagram. My Instagram is the handle is Marty Das, but you you search Martina Da Silva, you'll find me. YouTube, same thing. Um, search my name. I'd love it if you could subscribe. Um, yeah, I'll be going back <laughs> to my weekly uh, weekly video posts next week so and then patreon if you go to patreon.com slash martina da silva uh you can become a patron there and i would very much appreciate your support there you go but if you can't i'm, I'm still making the videos so <laughs> they can they can't hey y'all so all y'all go over there and and subscribe and everything to everything she just said i will put them in the show notes and and make sure you do that and uh support martina and all her endeavors um, I, I got one more song of yours I want to play just because I love it. It's Moody's Move for Love. And it's, oh. <laughs> and it's just one of my favorite songs. And uh, me and Greg, we definitely have uh, had a, a lot of late nights listening to this. So here we go. Moody's Move for Love. Mm-hmm. 
there I go, there I go, there I go. Pretty baby, you are the soul who slaps my control. Such a funny thing, but every time I'm near you, I never can behave. You give me a smile, and then I'm wrapped up in your magic. There's music all around me, crazy music, music that keeps calling me so. Very close to you turns me your slave. Come do it with me. I don't even want to. Anything, baby, just let me get next to you. Am I insane or do I really see heaven in your eyes? Bright as stars that shine up above you in the clear blue skies. How I worry about you, just can't live my life without you, baby. Come here. Don't have no fear. Whoa, is there a wonder why I'm really feeling in the mood for love? So tell me why. Stop to think about this weather, my dear. This little dream might fade away. There I go and talking out of my head again. Oh, baby, won't you come and put our two hearts together? That would make me strong and brave. Ooh, when we are one. I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid If there's a cloud up above us Go on and let it rain I'm sure our love together will endure a hurricane Oh my baby, I don't know. That just made me happy, and I hope it made everybody else happy listening to this. Cause <laughs> that was killer. Thank it's you. one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites, y'all. And uh, yeah, y'all gotta go check Martina out, man. She's an absolute just beast. I don't know what else. I don't know how else to say that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you both so much for having me. Yeah. I had a great time. Thank you so much. My name is Darian Douglas. I'm Gregory Ajit. And uh, we'll catch y'all next time. Later.